Okay, before I get to my next guest, Tucker Booth, I was talking with Eddie Dry, VP of Domestic Sales for Strixon Cleveland Golf, at the PGA Merchandise Show earlier this year. And I said, Eddie, I like your CBX full-face wedges. How can they help an average player like me play better? Here's what he had to say. An average player, I use one, and I'm in some lies that you can't even believe. And I need all the help I can get. And the face is bigger, and the grooves go all the way up and all the way out to the toe. So if I, you hit it on the toe, you miss it, bam, there's a groove. So I like that. So I carry a, a 58. There you have it, folks. Try the new CBX full-face wedges from Cleveland Golf. I want to tell you about something else I saw at the PGA Merchandise Show, and that's me and my golf. And how does a 45-day free trial to Arco sound? Well, me and my golf have partnered with Arcos and are offering 14 free sensors and a 45-day free trial to Arcos Caddy. When you purchase any training aid on shop.meandmygolf.com. This is a limited time offer, so don't miss out. Again, go online to shop.meandmygolf.com. With many years in the business, menswear brand Construct has finally launched its green golf collection, sustainably produced using renewable solar energy and recycled fabrics. Hit your best shot in their performance-enhancing polos, quarter zips, and bottoms. Made with four-way stretch, quick dry, and UV 50-plus protection. From solids to bold, eye-catching designs, Construct Green is the perfect piece for making the best memories on the greens. And the best part? You can head to Construct.com, and that's C-O-N-X-S-T-R-U-C-T.com, and use code CHRIS for 20% off the green collection today. Now back and next on the tee with me is Tucker Booth. Tucker is a professional entertainer, writer, rapper, host of the podcast Rappers Don't Golf. He's also an author. He worked with Lisa Cornwell on her just-released book titled Troublemaker, a memoir of sexism, retaliation, and the fight they didn't see coming. He's also been a great friend of this show and a wonderful supporter, and I'm excited. He is back with me again tonight here on Next on the Tee. Hey, Tucker, thanks for coming back on the show. Chris, following Damon Hack on your show is like Bryant Gumble getting followed by Polly Shore. I don't know how the <laughs> heck I got this opportunity, but I'm very grateful to be here, sir. I know it's a tough time for you, my friend. Your Lakers just getting swept by the Denver Nuggets. You all right? You know, I have to say, when it got to 3 nothing, I think we had already kind of grieved. I am grateful to watch LeBron give it all he gave last night, 40 points after 20 years in the league. I, it's very impressive to me. I would not be surprised if he took some time off. But no, no, we're not destroyed. I think by this point as a Laker fan, we've had so many great years. I know Damon just mentioned Kobe Bryant. I was fortunate enough to get to be at some of those playoffs back in his prime. You know, and, and same with LeBron. I know everybody likes to judge LeBron so harshly, but it's just a real thrill to get to watch him continue to be so good at 38 years old. and. Uh, you know, I, I, this was a season that started at 2-10, and 10, bro, and we ended up in the Western Conference Finals, so I don't think that's too bad, and I'm going to look at the glasses half full here, and uh, go Heat. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm a Celtics fan, and, I, and I'm and i with you. I think I, down 3 nothing. I think yeah. I think it's uh, time to put that to bed, too. How, yeah, how, end of an era, man. Yep. How you feeling about your Rams? And I got to get that in there too. You're, after the draft and all of that sort of thing, and a, a tough last season following the Super Bowl victory, 
Glass half full. Are you excited about this coming season? Absolutely. And again, you know, I've been a Rams fan since back when they were in St. Louis and when they first got there. So we went through some tough years in St. Lou. Obviously, the miracle Super Bowl with Kurt Warner, the kind of the, the, the sea change that came with that for a little while, and then many, many dry years again until they got out here to L.A. and finally put it all together. Uh, I was super grateful for that Super Bowl season. I was not that shocked that they fell off as quick as they did because obviously they went all in to get all those players and then injuries and whatnot. But as far as the draft, I think they did great. I think they did what they never have done uh, recently in recent years, which is they finally focused on kind of the trenches positions instead of the flashy players. And the joke was every year we needed to build our O-line and they'd get an undersized wide receiver, a running back, and another uh, tight end. <laughs> they didn't do that this year. Steve Avila from TCU, great choice. Guard, big guy, play center. They got some O-line guys. They got some D-backs. Oh, and, uh, and you know, even when it came to offense, Stetson Bennett out of uh, Georgia seems like a pretty legitimate backup quarterback candidate coming right in because our backups were a little wonky last year. I I'm feeling pretty good. I would not be that shocked if they got to the playoffs, I, mean, I don't think they're going to win the Super Bowl or anything, but I wouldn't be that shocked that they went nine and eight or 10 and seven or something like that. I, I, I believe, man. I, I know you do. And I, again, <laughs> glass half full. So it'll be interesting to see how they, how they pair this season. How they you betcha. All right. So let's switch gears and, and Tucker, I am thrilled to see all the accolades coming your way following the release of Lisa's <laughs> memoir. So talk about, you know, the, it's, it's hit stores now. What are you hearing? What kind of feedback are you getting? Well, yeah, first of all, shout out to Lisa Cornwell. I mean, what an, uh, a brave move, not just to write this story itself, but to take a flyer on me to be her co-author and biographer. Uh, I you know, was a relatively unproven writer up until that point. The biggest thing I'd done before that was the biography on Michael J. Whalen from Golf Channel. I built a masterpiece and then I fell apart, which is just an internet publication but you know had gotten some gotten some traction so as far as what we've heard we've heard great things from all the people that we've submitted it to for their feedback but more importantly i'm getting calls and emails from people i don't know and one of them in particular was the guy saying i expected this based on the title and you read it you know sexism retaliation in the fight they didn't see coming to be kind of a feminist liberal tome and i'm not liberal and I'm a conservative and I kind of had expected to think that this book wasn't for me. And he said, after I read it, what I thought was, first of all, what a balanced, reasonable perspective she had, not only on her experiences at Golf Channel and elsewhere, but on uh, kind of the whole situation in general that she's talking about. And he said, secondly, she humanized so many of these folks uh, that I had looked at so poorly that it let me take a second time to really think about my own positions on these people. It helped broaden my perspective and it helped me humanize them. And I'm really grateful that I read it. So, wow, what a great, what a great review to get from somebody who started out by saying that they didn't expect to like it to begin with. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. So, yeah. so from there, let, I mean, let's, let's take everybody back a little bit and, and get the, the scene set a little bit better. How, how did you and Lisa, end up getting hooked up and you end up being a part of this book project. Yeah. Back in January 1st, 2020, she had just gotten out of her contract at golf channel. And on day one of the new year, she shot out a tweet that instantly went 
viral. I, I call it in the book, the tweet that went around the world or shot around the world. And the tweet came through my feed and it said, first day I'm not contractually obligated by golf channel. And I'm about to, I'm about to talk a lot about a lot of the toxic stuff that went on there. More to come hashtag more to come. And I have my podcast rappers don't golf, which I know you've been on and others. And I had lots of golf channel folks and people that were her friends and coworkers. And I jumped right in her DMS and said, would you like to come on my show and talk about it? And she said, sure, you know, give me your info and I'll, I'll hit you up. So I'm just thinking we're setting up an interview, Chris. And she calls me and says, yeah, yeah, we'll do the podcast. But really why I'm calling you is I want you to write my memoir with me. And I just like curveball. I did not see this coming. Had no idea. She didn't think about writing a book. And she said, yeah, I read your Michael Whalen piece. And as I was reading it, I got goosebumps. And I said, this is the guy that's going to write it with me. My first question was, this is a book about sexism and women's issues. And you want me to write this book? <laughs> and she said, it's, it's your perspective and the way you write and the way, you know, the, the vivid nature that you write with, the creative language you use, the way you can put yourself in your subject skin. That's why I want you to do it. And I want to bring a male perspective to this because if it's just women, you know, again, we'll, we'll be, you know, railroaded as this is just women ganging up on guys. And it, it, it was a really amazing process, Chris. We spent hours on the phone recording conversations, really just kind of getting to know each other. And in the process, we started a great friendship and really got to know each other very personally. Lisa says I've heard more about her personal life than most people she knows, including her, her own family. So what an honor to get to hear all the stuff that, that she was willing to share with me, but then also to help her process a lot of the tough stuff too and vice versa. And together, we formed a great friendship, a brother and sisterhood, I'm sure she would call it as well. And, uh, and now here we are on the first day of our book, finally being published three years, three and a half years later. But here we are. And it's been a, a great journey. And obviously, the shutdown probably helped, took, made it take a little longer than it would otherwise. But still, these three and a half years have been a great experience, getting to know each other and kind of helping broaden our perspectives. Tucker, for people who aren't familiar with who Lisa Cornwell is, she's a four-time Arkansas amateur state champion in golf. She was friends with Tiger Woods and his father when when they were younger. Kind of give us the backstory about who Lisa is. Yeah, she was born in Arkansas, and her father is actually the first cousin of former President Bill Clinton. So she's quite a bit younger than Bill, but she grew up knowing Bill as the governor of Arkansas. And she became a very great young junior golfer. She was all, all different sports and excelled in lots of sports, but golf became the thing she became most known for. As you said, she won four state amateur championships in her teens and got all the way to number two ranking in the AJGA for girls in the country. That obviously put her in the same echelon girls-wise, as Tiger was boys-wise, and a lot of those AJGA events are mixed. So she got to know Tiger at a very young age and became chummy with him and his family. And uh, she was on a, on a path to become an LPGA major champion, and that's what everybody thought was going to be for her. And she had a professional coach, David Ledbetter, and they were there on their way. And somewhere in college, after being the first 
woman to ever get a golf scholarship at University of Arkansas, where they did not have a golf program until she came there. She just burned out on it and really lost her love for the game. She kind of describes it as a divorce from the game. Just didn't want to do it anymore. Felt like it just was so crushing to her and she didn't want it. And that kind of went through a wilderness period where she had to kind of figure out as a young adult what she wanted to do with her life. And she jumped around from various jobs, managed restaurants, just kind of spinning her wheels a little bit, trying to figure out who she was. But once she did, she realized she wanted to still be in sports, but she wanted to be on the journalism side. So she got into sports journalism, worked her way up the ranks from little TV station to little TV station, kind of the old fashioned way. And eventually, after covering every sport you can think of, from football to baseball to basketball, you name it, she got an opportunity to work at Golf Channel. And full circle after all those years, here she is at the Golf Channel for seven years, getting to cover a sport she knows intimately and had played at the highest level, at least as a young adult. And she called it her dream job. And that dream job lasted seven years. But while she was there, she spoke pretty loudly about some stuff going on at the higher levels that she didn't like. And that made her some powerful rivals as well. And I'll let the book do the talking for the rest. But basically, she felt she got let go under not the greatest of circumstances. And she paints a pretty clear picture of how people, but especially women and minorities who speak up on issues of intolerance and whatnot, are often railroaded as, quote, troublemakers, instead of looked at as as, uh, freedom fighters or courageous people that are sticking up for themselves. And so that's how we got all the way full circle. To where she's at now writing this book and granted she's still working in golf she works for pga tour live she's doing play call she's not out the game but um you know she definitely left golf channel feeling like she she had more uh more more to fix with all that than uh than when she, when she left you mentioned her relationship with former president clinton hillary clinton wrote a foreword to the book talk about getting hillary to write that forward yeah, what a dream. We had early on talked about the potential of Bill writing the foreword for the book because he's the cousin. You know, Hillary's just cousin by marriage. But she'd always had a decent relationship with Hillary as well. But Bill actually helped give us feedback. He read a bunch of the early uh, edits and rough drafts and gave us notes. So I love to say that I actually had former President Clinton is one of the editors of this book, giving me notes, which is pretty neat. <laughs> but uh, he pretty early on said, look, I'm happy to give you notes and I'm happy to you know, pass this on to folks. But you know, I think it should be Hillary. And, and we started realizing that she was a more logical choice for this book about women's issues. And we asked her early on, didn't hear much for a while, kind of crossed our fingers, started wondering, probably going to be no. And then what do you know, right around uh, the beginning of this, or the, I'm sorry, the end of last year, right around the fall, she got in touch and said, I'll do it. And bless her heart, she wrote a great foreword and really kind of put the official stamp on this thing, you know, from someone of, of her stature that that uh, she believes in, in Lisa specifically, and then also Lisa's message. And uh, obviously, as I said before, Lots of people got lots of opinions on Hillary or Trump or whoever that is that you don't like. We understand this, but I guarantee you this message goes far beyond Democrats or Clinton backers. And uh, I'm just grateful that Hillary kind of put it in those words as well, that this is everybody's issue, not just a Republican or Democrat one. So now with the book being out and I'm and I'm sure advanced copies have 
have been out there long before today. Has Lisa started getting any backlash for having written this book? You know, the main backlash is where you'd expect it, just on socials, you know, comment thread trolls and whatnot, you know, Clinton haters and MAGA people and whatever. I mean, typical stuff. And it's all just typical stuff, too. I wouldn't even say any of it has been particularly vicious. It's all just your typical trolling. Uh, one tweet that came out today, quote, tweeted it saying, I've skimmed the book so you don't have to read it. And it's all a bunch of lies. You know, Lisa's just uh, doing some I Love Lucy stuff and whatever. So, I mean, I guess that's kind of obnoxious. But to be honest, I think I had prepped her, calling myself her battle coach the whole way for it to be a lot nastier than it's been so far. We haven't had any clap back from Golf Channel. We haven't had any clap back from the few folks she, she names by name in the book. And, and granted, she says in this book, she loved 99% of the people she worked with at Golf Channel, including Damon Hack. She just said that to me yesterday. She said she loved Damon loves working with him. So you're right, Chris. Damon is universally beloved by all the folks there. But, um, you know, there's just a couple main people that, that she took issue with. And they haven't said anything. You know, so I, I'd say I'm kind of surprised how little uh, blowback we've gotten so far. Now, granted, <laughs> just dropped today. You never know. But uh, I, I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, this it's, it's not that terrible. There's nothing in there that we write that I think is that controversial. And so unless you were one of the ones called out, I don't think you could read this and say, wow, this is some hot takes. Um, a lot of it doesn't even have to do with her own story or feminism or any of it. It has to do with workplace culture, which applies to men and women. And it has to do with HR culture and how it needs to be fixed. And it has to do with stuff that really has nothing to do with uh, the women's rights issue at all. So I think anybody, and I know I have plenty of men friends that have worked in corporations that know these issues that she outlines in the book. Um, I think they can all relate. So no, I haven't really felt like we've had any really terrible stuff yet, but uh, you know, batting down the hatches, you never know what's coming. Tucker, you mentioned the HR culture a moment ago. Talk about the role or lack thereof of HR at the golf channel and Comcast as the parent company, because in an organization that large, you would think HR would be doing an investigation about what was going on. Why didn't they step in and help Lisa out? Yeah, I, I didn't even realize this when I got into this, but let me start by saying my wife has a master's degree in organizational development coaching, which includes leadership development. And she started out in HR at Mattel years ago out here in El Segundo. And she told me that she was the good side of HR, the, the teaching side the the help helping side for folks when they were having issues but a lot of hr uh is is not that and i think a lot of employees stereotypically think of hr as the champion of the underdog of the the little people if you will at the company and hr's job by definition is to do everything they can to protect the company at all costs and as we did research on this, Chris, we found out that HR originated at the Ford Motor Company back in the early 1900s. The very first iteration of it was at Ford, and it was instilled in the company to sniff out potential unionization and strikers uh, who were trying to unionize. So they were spies for the, the owner and the, and the management. And granted, I think they've become a little less than spies over the years, but still, they'll listen to you. They'll hear what you say. But this idea of them keeping it all private not taking it back to the company, not kind of being more in cahoots with 
the, the higher ups than they are with the lower on the totem pole. That's just simply not true at most companies. And I think HR culture needs to be changed and adapted. And we, we uh, posit some ways we think that could happen. But uh, mostly, as one of our chapter titles is named, is Beware HR, because a lot of people think that they're an ally, and oftentimes they're not. Something else you alluded to a moment ago. This feels larger than just one isolated incident about somebody being discriminated against in the workplace. It feels larger than that. Is it more than that? Is it something from this book that we actually all can take away from? Yeah, I mean, it, at, at its core, and she'd probably be too humble to say this, but I will. This is about Lisa's remarkable, courageous life. And I mean that long before she ever worked at Golf Channel. So again, it's not just about those years. This is a, a woman who grew up uh, being gay in a community in Arkansas where that was not acceptable. She never came out publicly till this book came out today, folks. I mean, those who knew already knew, but she felt so guarded about it that she never came out. Actually, I guess she came out on Twitter a couple months ago, but this is this year in her 46th or seventh year on this planet that she came out. It's about having to deal with that internally, feeling like nobody uh, could understand this, including her own family. It's about battling eating disorder issues. It's about battling this expectation that her family and friends had that she was going to be the next Annika Sorenstam. And she had fallen out of love with the sport and, and fallen out of love with herself and having to get help and having to humble herself enough to get that help and spending years trying to find her her sense of self-worth again. It's about building herself back up after flushing it all away and, and then getting all the way back to seemingly near the top of the mountain and then getting knocked back down again and saying to herself, I'm mad, but if I just throw a fit, everybody's going to say I'm another crazy woman. So what am I going to do? And she built herself back up again. And not only is she doing so well today in all the ways that she's doing professionally and in her personal life and so forth, but this book is proof that she takes a long, hard, vulnerable look at herself, all the things that she did wrong as well as right, and and then also making a compelling case um, about the issues that we outlined, and, and plus about you know kind of her her legacy and all this. And I think the legacy is I'm definitely not perfect. I've never pretended to be, but uh, I also don't want to quietly abide stuff I don't think is right anywhere in the world, especially in companies or business. And I've always been someone who's been willing to speak up because that's how my family raised me. And I don't want to stop. And I think everyone should be um, more emboldened to do so, men, women, otherwise, whenever they see something that's not right. And you're even if you are rocking a boat, you're not a bad person or a troublemaker like they're going to want to call you. You're somebody that's trying to do the right thing. And that takes moral courage. Tucker, before I let you go, what's up next for you? Well, I'm excited to announce that even as this book comes out today, I've already been retained to start my next one on the strength of the word of mouth of Lisa's book. I got hired by another great lady, and uh, we are already all underway during the, doing the interview process for the proposal for hers. Already been retained, already been paid to get going. So the next book is in the chamber. and. Don't don't want to tell anybody any more than that yet, but already got the next one coming up. And I think I told you in, in interviews past, Chris, I spent the shutdown writing my own memoir 
that I was working on before Lisa got in touch with me. That is now finished, edited, ready to go. And I'm just sitting on it, kind of figuring out when I'm ready to start sending out my proposals for that. But I went from working on mine to Lisa's coming out to getting hired for the next. So from zero to three over the course of the shutdown. So just going to keep on working on these books. I've got a, a film in development as well that I've been working on with some folks from Orlando and from back in St. Louis, my, my, my buddy back there. We're getting ready to try and sell this to uh, some investors, uh, a film about Little League and love of baseball, and just continuing with all kinds of creative projects, working with some music producers out here in LA, filmmaker friends that make music, uh, working on some new hip hop and R&B stuff, and uh, whatever else, man, you know how it goes. I'm, I'm, I'm always doing something, but uh, plenty going on and uh, plenty to be excited about. No doubt. That's awesome. Tucker, let our listeners know how can they stay up to date with all the great things you're doing, whether it's following you online or it's over social media. Well, if you if you Google Tucker Booth Troublemaker book right now, I'm excited to say it's on every platform you could want to order it from, folks. So please go pick up a copy of Lisa Cornwell and Tucker Booth's new book, Troublemaker. It's at Amazon. It's at Target. It's at Walmart. It's on Apple. It's Barnes and Noble. You name it. It's out there. So I'm very excited. And if you want to follow along with me, I'm mainly on Twitter at Tucker Dale, D-A-L-E Booth on Twitter. I am on Facebook and Instagram at Tucker Dale Booth as well. Not on them as much, but if you want to hit me up there, I check those occasionally. And if you want to check out all the music, and there's so much to check out. I'm on all of them. Spotify, SoundCloud, Bandcamp, YouTube, lots of stuff to check out. So please, you know, use the Google machine, find me. And if all else fails, you can always email me. Still got my same email I've had since I was 21, tuckerbooth at hotmail.com. Please send me any inquiries there. Happy to talk, to talk about doing stuff. You name it. Just hit me up, tuckerbooth at hotmail.com. Tucker, it's been great having you as part of the show again this week. I can't thank you enough for taking time out of your clearly busy schedule to come back and join me. And best of luck with this book, the next book, and your own book. And uh, I hope we get the privilege of catching up with you again soon, my friend. Thanks, Chris. You know, I always love talking to you. Please come back on my pod, too. And now I got to jump off and run my son to yet another Little League practice. So the grind <laughs> never ends, man. I, I'm, I'm, I'm on my way back to being baseball dad right now. There you go. Good for you. Stay safe, my friend. All the best in your family. We'll catch up much, soon. Much love, buddy. Peace. You bet. See you, Tucker. That is Tucker Booth. And again, a great new book that's out there that's going to be available. And I can't I can't recommend it highly enough. It is about Lisa Cornwell. And again, it's called Troublemaker, a memoir of sexism, retaliation, and the fight they didn't see coming. Go out there, read that book, check it out, and look forward to more great content from Tucker. He's a tremendous talent. And as you can, as you heard during the course of the interview, obviously a great writer and I, everything else that he's involved with, with the entertainment industry and just a great guy, right? Just a wonderful guy to, to, uh, to have as part of the show here and just be friends with. Um, I, I, I owe a lot to him. He's, uh, he's been a great friend and supporter of this show over the years and very much excited for all the success that has come his way. Like I say, hopefully get the privilege of catching up with him again very soon. Folks, before I close up shop tonight, you've heard me talk about some great products that I saw at the PGA Merchandise Show. And another one that stood out to me is On Point Golf. Game-changing, 
three-dimensional ball markers that science shows will help us see the line better when we're putting and therefore make more putts and lower our scores. See for yourself why Jim Furyk and I are big fans by going online to onpointgolf.us. All right, my friends, it is time for me to put a bow on this edition of Next on the Team. My sincere thanks go out again to Dr. Bob Jones IV, Damon Hack, and Tucker Booth for joining me this week. Scheduled to join me next week are our resident director of instruction, Tom Patrick, will be back. Another one of the top instructors in the game, Jim McLean, will also be back with us. The guy who bought Adele Golf a couple of months ago, David Coors, and yes, of that Coors family, will be joining me. And then we'll round things out with a return visit from Billy Mayfair. Folks, you can find the show available as a podcast just about anywhere you get your podcast content. In particular, we're out there on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audioboom, Player.fm, and Good Pods. And my continued thanks to the folks over at Good Pods for making Next on the T one of their recommended podcasts. Download their free app and stream your favorite podcast on your favorite device. And most of all, my continued thanks to all of you for being the greatest supporters in the history of podcasts. I appreciate you all so very much. Until next week, hit them straight, my friends.